A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is one. We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin! Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip-hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and joining me as ever is Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? Hello. And in a comeback that critics are already comparing to the second coming of Christ, Larry's back with us for an episode. How are you doing, Larry? Yeah, good, thanks. Back despite popular demand. <laughs> really great to have you back. Um, so we are just talking about it, weren't we? This is the first... Not only the first one you've done in a while, but this is also the first time you've ever recorded in person. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's momentous. Yeah, three of us in the same room. Anything could happen. Um, we'll hear more about where you've we've been in a bit. Um, but first of all, I'm just going to explain a bit about how this podcast works, if you haven't heard it before. Um, so in each episode, we pick two Golden Age hip-hop albums to compete against each other in a head-to-head contest. Um, those albums might be chosen according to a theme or just two random albums that we want to talk about. Uh, we'll go through each album discuss the tracks and at the end we'll vote to decide which one is the winner and it'll be nice in this episode to get back to the classic voting system because we've been having to rely on true score quite a lot uh, helping us along the way is the patented true score system um, the sophisticated number based hip hop evaluation system um, which I know has got something to do with while you were away wasn't it Larry you were um, working at the HQ in yeah I, well yeah as you know I went to Qatar to um, seek funding for the platform um it went really well, like really, really well. Got, you know, billion pound investment from the Qatari regime. Um, there was an incident where, because they're very strict in that part of the world, um, it was a complete misunderstanding, but I'd been swimming one evening with some men, um, perfectly innocent, just having a, having a, you know, a bit of a swim around in, in the sea. Um, there was a misinterpretation of what happened and... Long story short, I am now free, but I no longer own any of the shares in True Score. So you're completely independent. That was their, yeah, they had that as leverage over me, and um, and you're not yeah, allowed back. It's in a Qatar. very, it's a very liberal country, right? And you're not allowed back. I'll just say now, that. You, no, no, no. That was the, the price was, yeah. I can't go back. Um, I can use True Score, but I have no stake in it anymore. That's a shame. Well, you can take a more of an impartial. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see how we get on with it in this episode. Um, in this, uh, we're talking about two um, albums close to uh, close to your heart, Larry. I know that. Well, one of them anyway. Um, we're, we're taking a trip back to 1991 with um, Public Enemy's fourth studio album, Apocalypse 91: The Enemy Strikes Black, uh, which is going up against Terminator X's debut solo album, Terminator X and the Valley of the Jeep Beats. Um, We've chosen these two, obviously, because they came out in the same year. They both came out from the Public Enemy stable. A um, lot of crossover between them. Um, similar albums in many ways, but um, we just thought it would be a nice uh, match-up. A nice, um, you know, two good albums against each other. Would you agree with that, Steve? Define good. <laughs> well, a good match-up, you a know, good in terms match-up, of the theme. Okay. Yeah, and I know that you two really love Public Enemy, and, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I don't. I don't know, I could say that now, but I'm going to try and be as objective as I can. Right. And so, uh, me, I mean, me, Larry, and the entire hip hop 
world yeah. as well. I, I, I do know I stand on my own here, but I, I, I so I'm going to hope to give like some balance to what you both say this evening. We were always a bit um, put out, Danny, weren't we, that this wasn't included when we did the 1991 year. Yeah. Like Steve wanted something like, I don't know, X-Clan. It's or black something sheep. Like that. Black, sheep. black sheep. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. So that's hence it's why it's cropped up again. And to be honest with you, it was the only album we knew that we could lure you back in, Larry, to talk about. Yeah. We had to get you back on board somehow. So we've gone for uh, the Public Enemy album because I know this is very close to your heart. Um. So yeah, so those are the two albums. Um, now, as ever, to ensure everything is above board uh, and fair, we've asked our official adjudicator, Adrian Charles, to step in. We've got him with us in the studio. Uh, hi, Adrian. Hello, hello. You well? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, later on, we have a, a special exclusive interview. You'll like this one, Steve, uh, with ex-Nottingham Forest and England defender Des Walker. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's a big hip-hop fan, so keep listening for that. That's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's get on with the playoff, chaps. Okay, so the first album we're looking at is Public Enemies Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black from 1991. Uh, Larry, what was the first your first introduction to this to this album? Well, I'll tell you exactly, because I, I remember it. I don't know if, if you remember this in the exact same way, but this was a Pete Tong classic. Uh, Pete Tong, people out there might know, used to, have a, a, used to present the rap selection on Radio 1. I think it was like a Tuesday or Thursday night. No evidence of that anywhere in, online. Back, no evidence of it anywhere back in the day, but we, we loved it. It was our window into that world. Yeah. And I distinctly remember hearing, like, he played the first two tracks from this, um, and I was just kind of really excited by them. And my memory of it is that I immediately came to your house after the show to see if you had heard it is that right that's, that's exactly my recollection as well yeah i just had this vision of you being at my door and saying he just played these two tracks yeah <laughs> um it was yeah lost at birth and, and rebirth and he played them all the way through. in my head he played them twice i remember he played them back to he played them yeah, as they were on the album whether he played yeah. them twice or not i don't um, know and we were like 13 years old would have been about 12 yeah, 13 yeah. but like a new public enemy album yeah. at that time that was like there weren't many bigger events than that. Like only like maybe NWA would have been as big a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I seem to remember you turning up at my door when NWA's second album came out as well, I think. Or Quite the possibly, EP or yeah. something. But but yeah, so um yeah, big album for us at the time. What about you, Steve? What was your sort of introduction to it? Was it to do this podcast or I think I probably had listened to it before and just like passed it by because it's it's not really up my street but um yeah but i have listened to it thoroughly for the last since we did our last podcast what six eight weeks ago yeah something like that i've listened to it constantly so uh i'll give my views on that in a moment yeah cool i remember it's, it was obviously one i had on cassette back in the day it was i was really excited like bought it the day it came out it was one of those you know because yeah as you say a new public enemy album it's just i bet you can remember where you bought it from as well probably our price or wh smith <laughs> but like yeah maybe um, worse Maybe worse, yeah. They would have had it probably as well. Um, and just overall thoughts on the album, without going into detail, obviously, because we'll get into that. But like, just your overall thoughts about it as a, as, a, as a project, Larry. I mean, for me, I think although it's, I don't think anyone 
you know, very few people would claim that it's as good as like the prior two albums, and I go along with that. I ju- it's kind of my go-to Public Enemy album to listen to. Right. Can't don't quite know why. Like the, it's just a bit more of an easy listen. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just I just got a bit of a personal kind of affinity with it, but I can't quite explain. Yeah. I think it's, it's I think it's quite a different sound to the first two albums. I think it's yeah because it was a, it was a weird one because they it says it's produced by the Bomb Squad, but it says it, it's produced by the Imperial Grand Ministers of Funk. Yeah, Bomb Squad were the like the executive producers. Or something. Yeah. There, there is a story behind. Yeah, it. Do you like, know what the story is. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think it was Gary G. Wiz Ronaldo, who's actually part of the Bomb Squad. He produced it or a lot of it, and they had a they made up a load of other people. Um, because they wanted it to sound like it was produced by a fuller group of people. So right. they made up all these other names. Like, um, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Stuart Roberts, Sirwin Seadog Depper, <laughs> and the JBL. They were all made up. I had no idea yeah. about that and in, part of And it. in fact, it was Gary G. Wiz was the only member of the Bomb Squad who produced it. Right. Um, under the moniker of the, Grand, the Imperial Grand Ministers of Funk. There's a, there's a, there's a sidebar to that, though. Yeah which is that years later, I think it was Hank Shockley, said that the reason this album sounds a bit different to the prior ones, it, you know, that's one reason, but also they they lost a load of discs, yeah. as it would have been back in those days, with all of their kind of sound data. banks on it. Um, and they had to start from scratch, which is why it is a, a more pared down experience. Yeah, no, I read that. Read that too. Yeah, that's a really interesting story. It sounds a little bit like when RZA lost all the the Wu Tang album. Um, the flood, they got, there was a flood, oh, and yeah, RZA lost yeah, to Cal yeah. or something, and they had to like re-record it. Yeah, that, so, that, that rings, it rings some yeah. ring of a bell. So, yeah, right. Should we dive into it? Any yeah, other thoughts before we go? Okay, let's right. So the first track is called "Lost at Birth." The future holds nothing else but confrontation. Okay, so that was a track called Lost at Birth, intro to the album. Steve, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, good intro, isn't it? I think, you know, yeah. So I've already said I'm not P's biggest fan, but this is a, like a classic P start, isn't it? Everything you want, you've got a bit of Flavor Flav going crazy on there, some nice ad libs and stuff. Yeah, so I actually like this track. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Larry, what are you, your thoughts on I, th- I think it's the most exciting start of a hip hop album I ever. Right. Like, no those, way, like those, those, just those first couple seconds with that bit of dialogue and the sustained string note, it just, like, it sounds like they're setting you up for, like, sonic warfare, basically. And I, just, I love the beat. I love that kind of descending guitar yeah. riff. You can't go wrong with that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. NWA have used it. Um, there's a similar one coming up later that we'll talk about. Um, it goes on for far too long. It's got, it's got <laughs> yeah. that setup, but apparently that kind of comes into its own in a live setting. Oh, okay, yeah. They often start shows with that, I, as I understand it. It's an earworm, isn't it, I think? But yeah. it's, it's literally about, um, it's two minutes or so before 
like Chuck, Chuck does in. his verse. But it, it builds the anticipation, doesn't it? You yeah. kind of like, you know it's coming, you're waiting for him to come in. And when he does come in, yeah. it's really great. I mean, he just hits it hard, doesn't he? Chuck oh, it's, it's a classic yeah. Chuck verse, I yeah, think. And, I, and I, I remember like listening for it the first time, like it's just a really exciting kind of yeah. way to introduce a song. But it just, like these days, having listened to it hundreds of times, it just feels like I just get to the verse. Yeah, but yeah you wouldn't do it these days, would you? And it'd be like, probably yeah. not. But um, yeah, again, I I can't never I'll never forget the feeling when I first heard it for the first time, and it's a really special special uh, track. And I always thought that noise, that descending noise, sounds a bit like an air siren. It kind of yeah, mm, definitely yeah, kind of has that sort of feeling about it. They're really setting out the yeah. dread, isn't it, and yeah. anticipation. Going <laughs> yeah, going to war. That's a good way of putting it. So uh, yeah, absolutely breathtaking performance by Chuck D. So yeah, I, I really like that great intro to the album. What you what score wise? What you yeah, what well, do you think? So I'm going for a solid three. Yeah. Four for me. You're going four. Yeah, yeah, I'm going four as well. Um, just really exciting. And it just kind of whisks whisks you back to 91 and yeah. how you felt when you first heard it. Um, so yeah, no, good good scores all around. Um, right, let's move on to the next track now. Uh, it's called Rebirth. It's kind of like a follow-on from the intro. So let's see what that one sounds like. Everywhere I get it, I got it for my pops With a man in the house and all the bullshit stops Then I sing a song about what the hell is going wrong You never know if you only trust the TV and the radio These days you can't see who's in cahoots Cause now the KKK wear three-piece suits It's like that, y'all, it's like that, y'all In fact, you know what's like that, y'all Okay, that one's called Rebirth um, Another kind of classic PE sound um, very. I think it's a very old school sound yeah and the really drum spare. programming yeah, yeah very spare the drum programming is very old school with that kind of the pattern it takes you right back it's almost like an 80s kind of sounding yeah. beat um, and Chuck D's is kind of commanding as ever on it um, it's really short isn't it I was just yeah. thinking at the time yeah I, I, I've, in my notes I've kind of put wish it would actually been longer why, did, why was it so short well I my notes on that say actually that because the beat is very basic, I don't know unless you added some additional elements to it. I don't. Re- I wouldn't want to hear that over three, like a three verse, two chorus kind of structure. I think it really fits just a verse, and then on to the next thing. I love it. It's a really heavy, you know, great beat, and Chuck's brilliant on it. But Chuck, Chuck is brilliant. Even though I don't like the sound of he, I love Chuck. I think he is. He's a fantastic rapper. He just sounds great. So I guess. That's maybe it. Larry just wanted to hear more of it. Yeah, on that, on that, his, that his voice is like an instrument, isn't it? Oh, his voice. His voice is the best thing about his rap. He, he, he everything about his rapping is good, but his voice in particular, I think, is 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 excellent. But yeah, I, I I can see both sides of it. I think yeah, you because it is such a good beat. You'd kind of think I want to hear a whole a whole song, but I don't know. I just can't really imagine a three minute version of it for some reason. I think there's not enough going on, is there? There's not enough going on. I think they could they could have used that economy a bit more across other tracks on the album yeah um, um i've got something else written down here there's a little nice nod to the nation of millions intro at the start as well where he's going talking about doing a countdown he said we ain't counting down nothing oh uh, yeah 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 little little call back to nation of millions um so yeah so um well i gave this one a three um i might have been a little bit generous because it's quite a i don't know it's not really up my street but well, short and sweet i gave yeah. it a three yeah that's a four for me four yeah wow. yeah because it's very much part of that kind of Four, I mean, four is like five is a classic track. Five yeah. has to be absolute banger. Five yeah. is an absolute banger. Four is like above average. And yeah, this, is, yeah. this is above average, I think, just for the beat alone. Yeah. See, for me, a four has got to be able to make it onto a playlist that I want to keep listening to 
and three is good. Three is enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, three is kind of like good, but um, yeah, I gave me. Yeah, I said three, didn't I? Right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, the next track is called Night Train. Night train. You taking a ride on the night train, Steve? No. <laughs> I like this one. It's, it, so the difficult thing with P is most of the things they rap about are quite like politically charged and, and uh, like provocative. So it's hard for me to criticise the, the rapping, but I, there's something on this this track that just doesn't fit for me. I, I don't like the production. I don't really like the rapping on the, on this track. And going back to what we were saying a minute ago about that short track, I sometimes think Chuck actually raps too much. I think he's, he's on some on some some P tracks. Brilliant because he's like. Most rappers, you'd probably expect to get two verses. He always seems to be one who can get like another verse out of a track, yeah. like, like no one else can, and it's normally great. Um, but I just don't. I don't think he's great on this track. And I, I, this is a skipper for me. That's that's. Oh dear, Larry. Controversial. It's controversial, but because I, I think it's the. I think it's the most classic PE sounding track on the album so far. Like that's it, why it, I don't like it. Right. I think could have right. you you could you could um would have fitted quite well on Fear of a Black Planet yeah. probably. Um I haven't got much more to say about it really. I think it's it's a good solid track. I don't, it's one of those ones where like a lot of PE tracks I don't really know what what it's about. No, I can't say much say about it. It, I don't know you? why they're talking about a night train or what that represents. No. No. Um like the man, I expect, like Probably the train being yeah. like the man. Um, but I've given it a four. I do. I, I, I despite that, I like it. Yeah. Still gave it a I, four. I like the overall vibe of yeah. Just, just, just sounds good. I think. Yeah, I think it's got a good energy to it. It's quite up tempo. It's quite chaotic. It's very bomb quad, yeah. bomb squad sounding. A frenetic. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always loved this one. I gave it a four as well. You both I just, gave it a yeah, four. Yeah, because I, I just it was, well, it was a single back in the day, so I loved it. I had it on CD single. It's got a Pete Rock remix on it as well. And I just loved all versions of it. Um, I just, yeah, I yeah. really liked it. It, it. It's it's not a classic sort of one that I would normally like, but it's just, I don't know, I just like the energy. I like, um, and Chuck, Chuck's rapping on it is kind of fast and urgent. Yeah, yeah you don't always need to know what Chuck's no. talking about. No, Like sometimes when it's obvious, it, it's fine, but mm. you, just, you know he's talking about something. Yeah, you know it matters, yeah. It, it always matters with, with Chuck if you, if you yeah. bother to dig into it. If it matters to Chuck, it matters to us. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, another one. Um, so the next one brings us on to another one of the singles off this album, um, and it's called uh, Can't Trust It. So Steve... Songs about slavery, go. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, pretty much every track, I think, has something provocative and, and uh, political on, on here. So, yeah, that's just a kind of common theme of it. But it's a it's a good track, isn't it? Maybe what's different to this track from Night Train is this has got some sort of swing to it where it just matches up more 
um, closely with the production. It's it's, uh, it's a single, isn't it? As well, from, yep. from the uh, I think it's a lead single. Probably the lead single. Yeah. It's quite a well-known yeah, track. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think I knew this track before listening to this, this album. It's quite a familiar one. So I do like this track. You can't you can't really not like this, can you? No, I think I think it's great. I mean, I've always really liked it. Yeah. Um, and but it's only been recently that I've kind of actually delved into the lyrics and like read along to the lyrics as I was listening. And I knew through the kind of the spoken word intro that it, like what the subject matter is. But the way Chuck actually speaks about like the whole history of the transatlantic yeah. slave trade is re- like really, com- he does it in such a compelling, yeah. it's not in an obvious way. Like it's, it's in his kind of usual poetic abstract style, but yeah. I, but I really like the kind of like his lines in there. They're yeah. Great. It's educational. It really it's a precursor is, yeah. to a track on the next album. And this is how all the kids should be learning. They should be listening to Chuck D. Yep. And, um, 100%. Slave and Flav. That's how um, I learned about it. how I learned anything. All the, exactly. the, the little that I know about all this kind of stuff absolutely comes from Public Enemy. Yeah, like hundred percent. Yeah, educators. And it's a four out. Of, that's another four for me. Yeah, it's an absolute uh, slamming track. I love it. It's just hard. The beat's really hard, isn't it? And it's just so yep. distinctive. You just you know it when it comes in. Um, and yeah, just classic, classic Public Enemy. So yeah, I gave it a four as well. What did you, what did you give it a four? I only gave it a three, and it's only because even though I like it, it wouldn't. it's not something I'm going to go back and listen to. I'm okay. sorry, I'm sorry, fellas. You've heard it, you think it's a good single, but you just, just you don't revisit it. It, it. it is edging to a four, definitely edging to us for four, but... Four adjacent. Yeah. Okay, sorry. that's fair enough. All right, so let's get on to the next one. A little bit of controversial one, this one. I don't want to be called Yo N. All right, I think that's enough for that one. Um, What's that one called again? <laughs> yeah, he's, I think he says it a few times, doesn't he? Um, so yeah, it's the obligatory Flavor Flav song. Um, so. It does appear quite a lot on the album, which really irritates me. Flav, yeah, yeah, he's on it a bit more than normal. They normally yeah. give him one. He's on a few on this one. <laughs> yeah, he gets a lot of airtime on here, more than just like being a hype man. And he's, I, I don't understand. I don't. I so I do understand why why he's in Public Enemy because he's like the like Chuck's really serious, isn't he? And Flav, Flav's like the. Comic relief. Like yeah, they've, they've kind of relief. said that they wouldn't be popular. Like he is what hooks people in. Yeah. Because Chuck is just so he's so like a professor. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to ha- like just thinking back. Like but thinking back to when we were kids. Like Flavor Flav was the one that you thought was really cool and <laughs> I don't know interesting, and he had this like ridiculous thing? like this like mad image that he had. But I definitely bought into it when I was a kid and I don't know if I would have been so interested if it was just Chuck and his kind of impenetrable. But it's it's funny though, isn't it? Because I, I didn't. I don't I don't think he adds anything to the band. And I reckon I reckon Public Enemy would be better off without him. I think it might be taken a bit even I, I think maybe I'd take them more seriously. I don't know what other people would, but like however how many other hip hop bands do you know that have like a hype man like he does that's like successful? Yeah, it is kinda of, it is really It's unusual. unusual it is unusual, yeah. And I think that says it all. It's like I see the but, but imagine though if the two, if imagine if the two members of Public Enemy were like Chuck D and K R S one. Like you could you could make a case for that yeah. being like an incredible yeah. Yeah. Super, group, super group. But you could also 
make the case for it being a bit much. Bit dry, yeah. But like you go to school every time you... Yeah, but KRS1 yeah. does feel like he's more connected to the streets. He doesn't just rap about political stuff. He's He's kind of got a bit of a... He's got a bit more credibility. I think he would be would bring a bit more relief to... to like, Flavor Flav, though, probably is... Like, who's the more... Who is there a more iconic figure in hip-hop than Flavor He's very Flav? well known, isn't he? Yeah. Very well known, well loved. He's like instantly... You hear him, you know it. You see him, you know it. He's distinctive. But he's not really a rapper. He, he's not really a rapper, but he brings a flavour to, to Public Enemy, doesn't he? He's, his his interjections into songs, he just they almost become as iconic as Chuck's. You know, you know when yeah. he's going to say something. I don't know. It, it's it's a sort of um, he's like when he, he he needs to be used sparingly. Yes, but yes, yeah, yeah. And probably on this track and this title of this track is probably good use of him. Yeah. Chuck isn't necessarily going to. No, no, and it's a pull up you could like Chuck D couldn't rap on this beat. No. I think it's a good beat and it matches Flav really well. You yeah, can, I think you so. couldn't hear Chuck on it. No, I couldn't. I couldn't um, hear him on 911 as a joke either or no, anything like exactly. that. Cold Lamp of Flav. He's very distinctive. But yeah, should, in small doses. In fact, I only realised this week that Chuck D had a bit at the end of of this song. Does it? It changed, like the beach. It's like a little kind of in, like interstitial bit yeah. at the end. And I never realised that because I would never get to the end of this track because you get halfway through it and just fast forward to the yeah, next yeah. one. It's always a skipper for me. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure I was... So there's actually a Chuck D bit at the end, oh, okay. just over a kind of quite a simple beat. Oh, okay. But I think... Um, I mean, you spent a long time talking about we, this one, haven't we? Yeah, but we have. Yeah, maybe we more, should... more kind of well, speaking about Flav. Yeah, than well, we haven't even talked but... about what it's about either. We, didn't, <laughs> we kind of, yeah, we kind of. It's quite obvious what what it's about. He, you know, he doesn't want to take that anymore. Yeah, and that's fair enough. Who would, you know? Um, so, I yeah, I mean, even though I said I don't really like it, and I probably would skip it, I still gave it a three. Yeah, me too. Because I, I quite like the I quite like the Gosh, beat. The, beat's, I think it the, beat, like, the beat is good. Yeah, I think it sounds like something Sir Jinx would have produced. I like the beat. Yeah. yeah. Or it's got kind of got that kind of funky. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So um, I actually still quite like it, even though I probably would, would skip it back in the day. You listen, um, listen to a few bars of it, and then yeah, that's enough. Until the next one. So I gave it a three. Two and a half from me. Good production. Don't like the rapping. No. What have you, what, have you done your score? Yeah, three. Three. Yeah. All right pretty middling scores for that one all right i know the next one is called how to kill a radio consultant and i know larry is a big fan of this one or is he let's find out Brilliant. Okay, so how to kill a radio consultant? This one resonate with you, Larry? Yeah, I've always, always liked this one. Like the beat is great. I love that kind of horn sample in there. It's yeah. just re- really nice. Um, yeah. I always kind of thought that the I never really sort of paid too much heed to the lyrics and thought it was probably a bit trivial. But actually, giving it its proper due this week, like what he's actually talking about, it basically is racial bias in radio programming at a time when that was the norm this kind of stuff wasn't played on daytime radio but you know because of racist kind of policies essentially when in fact if it had been given a chance as it was later on it becomes the most dominant musical genre in the world by far 
and it was being held back at this particular point by you know white controlled radio stations and, and programmers. Yeah, is a completely valid kind of thing that he's that he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. As ever with Chuck D, you know, it's got a lot of um, a lot of validity. Uh, but ironically, the first time I ever heard this was on uh, <laughs> on the radio. On the radio, <laughs> on Radio One, hosted by a white man. <laughs> middle of the day. Yeah, middle of the day. Yeah, um, no, it's Pete Tong. I think I remember hearing it on his show. Um, so yeah, maybe not in the UK, but um, but certainly yeah, very valid in the US. What are your thoughts on this one, Steve? Well, yeah. So although I wouldn't want to like listen to this for like aesthetic reasons, like the legacy of what Public Enemy put out with tracks like this is is phenomenal and probably greater than maybe any other group maybe apart from mwa so you know, it's a middling track for me it's, i think i gave it a three okay yeah um well yeah again like like larry said i, I think it's packs a real punch i like it i love the horn stabs i think that they just really like drive yeah. the track along that's a really distinctive sound love this one this is always one of my highlights off the album and i don't i think chuck d's never sounded better you know he's he's such sounds so good on this track um so yeah i gave it a four i love this one um, it's it's well you probably won't agree with this Steve but I just think it's a really good track and a really good run of tracks like from, oh, definitely. from like, the start I think I've given everything apart from the, the Flav one yeah. four so far yeah I just think it really fits nicely so um, yeah four for me on that one alright let's move on to the next one it's called uh, By the Time I Get to Arizona some land call me the trigger man looking for the governor huh. he ain't loving you hot but here the trouble you he's rubbing you wrong get the point and come along he can get to the joint hey you're an idiot okay by the time i get to arizona another politically charged yeah track how, how are you feeling about this one steve yeah like this, i think for me this is this is his best rap on the whole album it fits so nicely together with the with the production he's angry isn't he it's i just a great example of how he, he flows so well um and um i so the, uh, like the track production is not like amazing but i think just it sounds really good on this track and i think this is i think this is quite a well i don't know because it's the first time obviously i've listened properly to this album but i think this is quite a well-known track isn't it was this was it a single or not? I, I don't know if it was a single but did you two like did, was this one that you two like back in the day oh definitely because this, this is one that's it stands out a bit more to me in terms of like being more politically charged and just just good rapping yeah it's making a real point yeah i don't really i can't really remember that the impact it had back in that in at the time but it, yeah. it felt important yeah felt like they were talking about something that's quite important as a kind of a 13 year old kid you kind of yeah even then you could you could pick that up it, you know what they were talking about he's really because he's so he's picking out the uh, the the uh, injustice in Arizona isn't it compared mm. to other other states? Yeah, they were trying to stop a celebration of Martin Luther That's King's right. birthday yeah, 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 or something. Yeah. It's called yeah. like the anti happy birthday yeah. by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, so like, you're talking. Yeah, about, it's sort of like um, yeah, and yeah, so it had something really important to say. Yeah, as like, do a lot of these tracks. Yeah, but 30 years later, it's it's like wow, as a mate at that time to be able to you know put something like that is yeah. is, is incredible. Yeah, and a nice little cameo at the start by Sister Soldier, yeah. who we'll come to talk about yes. more in the next album, probably. Yeah, but is, um, is this her first appearance? Uh, I think it was because I think Terminator X came out afterwards. Could be wrong. Right. I might check that in a minute, but um, I think it might have been. But yeah, she's like director of attitude or something, wasn't she? That's <laughs> yeah. her title. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I the, I think the first time I ever heard her was on Buck Wilding off Terminator X album. 
I'm certain that might have right. come out before this. Not sure the chronology, but yeah. um, anyway, nice little cameo at the beginning. Um, I love the music. I love the beat. It's a really powerful loop. It really fits the track nicely. It's kind of got that kind of bluesy feel. Uh, and then, yeah, another good story rap by by Chuck D. So yeah, I love this one. Even though I, I gave it a three. Weirdly. Oh really? What did you two give it? Yeah, I gave it a four point five. Did you? Yeah. High praise indeed, Steve. It gets three and a half for me because it gets it gets four for rap and three for production. Yeah, I don't quite know why I gave it a three. Um, I just. There might have been a mistake. Well, I, I, mean, really I, like I, th- I think it's like the center piece of the album. Yeah. I mean, it does come kind of roughly in the middle, it doesn't is in the middle it? As well, yeah. I think maybe it's because yeah. it, it's a bit slower. It wasn't quite. It wasn't like a that classic fits his style piece. quite well. I think. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was never one. It's never one that got me blood flowing back in the day. Let's put yeah. it that way. And yeah. I think that's just sort of. Yeah, yeah. I think what um, stick with the three. Yeah. I right. get what you're kind of saying about the production, but I think. It, like to, to look at production a different way I think it's it's really good because the music fits so well with what with what yeah. he's saying yeah. especially that bit where the beat changes like I mean just to go back a bit actually I love the bit at the beginning with Sister Soldier like the whole piece sounds it's like a really cinematic song and I kind of I, I kind of believe at the beginning that we're like on the plane with them and she's reporting on it. I can see yeah. that I can see them on the plane, like going to this really important momentous kind of on this mission. And then in the middle when the beat changes, that music with the kind of um, organ and the Alive, like sort of almost of like screaming in the background, yeah. it's it sounds like, and he's talking about um, like walk, having to walk through walls to to achieve this really difficult thing, and the music—it sounds like he's like walking through a storm or something. Just fits so perfectly. Like, he, like he, he's almost like physically struggling to wrap yeah. through it. It sounds like the acoustics of it sound like he's in some sort of hall. Yeah, or like it's kind of yeah, it's weird. But then when the beat changes back, yeah. it sounds really like triumphant. Yeah. It's a beautiful so I, I, piece of I, yeah. I think it's so well realised from that perspective, even though the actual music isn't what you would have expected from PE up to this point. It's probably yeah. like their slowest yeah. Yeah, thing up until this point, but it's really purposeful, I think. Yeah, yeah. And would would they have been travelling first class, do you reckon, on that plane to Arizona, or what, how are they travelling? No, they'd have been in coach, or whatever in they coach, call it in America. Probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I agree. And okay. The, uh, um, so that's by the time I get to Arizona. The next track uh, is called uh, Move. Let's see what that one sounds like. I've never come on a bomb track. 60%, three-fifths constituted. <laughs> Prostituted. Why I'm mad cause it's written on the paper right now. The motherfucker, oh wow. I kicked the lyric about the tricks of the trade. And the money made. Who got the money but your $5 bill I'm gonna find. Some rich old bloodline. Hey, that one's called Move. Larry, did it move you? I think it's a bit PE by numbers, isn't it? No, yeah, exactly. Really. It's not not to say that it's bad, um, but it, it's just it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones where I don't know what Chuck's talking about, <laughs> uh, and that was me- I tried to re- to kind of resolve that, but the lyrics aren't on Spotify. Right. Okay. I couldn't be bothered to look. That's by I design. I couldn't be bothered to Google it. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon the man's I, had him removed. I, I did wonder if it was by design because it's about something really controversial. Um, yeah. This is a nothing track. It's it like is a bit of a after track. the last track as well, like the middle, like you say, it's middle. I think the next few tracks just go downhill very quickly, and this is the. We're, de- we're definitely into the second half. Just like like oh, the, the, the best of the album has been and gone at this yeah. point. I was going to say yeah. this later on, but there is a distinct kind of 
Game oh. of Two Halves with both of these albums. I'm glad, which we I'm will, glad I'm yeah. not the only one that thinks yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. We are into the second half and the second half is definitely weaker. So objectively, you both agree that it kind of like goes... Yeah, it drops off. Definitely. That run, that run from Lost at Birth to um, Arizona is class. That's okay. as good as it's anything they've done. It's just solid for me. Solid, okay. Yeah. But, it, but it's, you, you, you know, two think it's class, yeah. yeah. Um, with, with one or two sort of lower bits. But yeah. As we get into this day, this is where it starts to decline, I think. But well, yeah, because yeah. To, to me, the movie is one of the weaker tracks on the album. Yeah. Um, and I've got written down here, it's a bit too bomb squaddy for me. It's exactly. a bit too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like they were trying to, you know, create that classic bomb squad sound, yeah. but overdoing it a bit. Um, it's a bit muddy, a bit messy, doesn't stand out for me enough. Chuck's good on it, and he obviously his rapping's kind of fast and. It's urgent. hard to ever criticise him. Yeah, even if you don't know what he's talking about or he's. You know, it's it's a nothing. It's always track. got little phrases in there yeah. that just stick in your mind yeah. that you'll never forget. Exactly, but I only gave it a two because it's just not a not one I loved. Well, for the first time, we agree. <laughs> oh, yeah, we go. It's a two. Yeah, so yeah. three yeah. for me, Clive. Yeah, right. So that's move, um, and uh, we'll move on to the next track now, which is called uh, One Million Bottle Bags. Um, let's have a listen to that one. They love a high-pitched noise, don't they, Public Enemy? <laughs> um, so that was one million bottle bags. Um, are you uh, raising a toast to this one, Larry? I think... That high-pitched noise is one of the, like, you get some PE tracks that are like that, where it works, but this one's just quite fatiguing to listen to. It's just not really, ple- it's not a pleasurable listen. I think it sounds like a place in 91, doesn't it? It's, if Like, a f- five years before, it might sound like it was um, a, more of like a late 80s sound. When it's their calling card, isn't it? It's kind of like, that's what people come to expect from them, that level, that sort of production. Those yeah, noises. if you remember, like, the last two albums were only like the year prior and yeah. the year prior to that. It's like I mean, yeah. incredible when you think actually that yeah. how in yeah, such but, quick succession that yeah. these were released. What really. a run in yeah. a short space of time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Make, do it like with the densest production in the, in the game basically at that time. But yeah, it's just, you don't really want to listen to this track for too long, do you? But it's, it's got quite an important political message again, isn't it? Because it's like targeting black people drink alcohol basically but yeah. at the end of the day it is a boring track and you know not that this was the case at this point in time but this theme has been done better yeah i think you know like paris yeah, yeah. 40 ounces of yeah. sort of things yeah. like that where i think at the end of, if you're going to give it you, you you need some that hooks you into want to listen to it beyond the actual political consciousness bit and there's nothing in this in the production of this track that makes you want to do that yeah i've, I've got i said it's a good message but it's the track's just unremarkable so it doesn't sort of hit it home you need to actually yeah, exactly. leave a mark so yeah i never never love this one i've given it another two um it, it's just never loved this stretch of the album so that these songs just get lost yep skip, bit, so it's a two skip, for me skip, skip. i gave it a 2.5 but i'd probably being a bit generous with the point with the point five yeah. but, but but let's not detract from from the message and what chuck was talking about back then very pertinent yeah um so yeah so that was one million bottle bags all right we're coming on to another uh conscious one uh more news at 11 let's yeah. have a little listen to that one shall we Stay in the day. I witness news, channel seven, more news at all. 
So that's more news at 11, Steve. Oh, I hate your news. I hate it, yeah. So I understand, again, he's, he's got like some issues going on and he's trying to like get back at the newspapers and, he, and that's, I think there's another track coming up that's like that, but it's a bit self-indulgent and I just don't like him. Terrible production. I think this is, this is the worst track on the whole album by a long shot. That's big words, big words. Do you not agree? Um, go on, Larry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike the music as much as you do. I, I think it sounds a bit like a kind of hip house track almost. It sounds like the kind of thing that you would have found sampled on like a breakbeat hardcore sort of rave right, track. Yeah. yeah. A bit like um, Can't Do Nothing For You, man. It's that kind yeah. of thing. A bit sort of dancey. So I don't mind it from that perspective, but I hate the Harry Allen bit on there. Oh yeah, I've got on that. I've got a question. Where was the Harry Allen solo album? Well, Where was that? Did we... Did we want it? Did we need it? I, I mean, can you imagine such a thing? No, not really. Um, Just being berated by him for, I don't know, yeah. watching the news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was a media assassin. Though. Yeah, um, true. So that was his official title. So it's not it's not a top tier flave track, but it's not, I don't think it's irredeemable. It's kind of... I think it's like, I can hear what you're saying, Steve. But it's like the music's a little bit crap. I, it's, but it's... It is crap. Yeah, <laughs> but it's memorable. And, yeah. and it's kind of a bit, just a bit different. It's more musical. It's a bit jaunty, isn't it? It's jaunty, it? but it's musical. There's a, there's a piano yeah. chord in there and everything. But yeah. yeah, it's a bit. The only positive is, is that I'll never have to listen to that track ever again now. Also, I think it's kind of a bit, like you mentioned it already, there's another one coming up about the news. So it feels a bit redundant like yeah. to have both of them. Yeah. should have chosen one of them, could I think. But This album in places could have had some judicious editing, I think, we yeah. could have benefited, benefited yeah. from. Um, all right, so what are we doing score-wise? I've given it, for some reason, I've given it a three, even though it's... What? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it might, it might have been a typo. One, obviously. One. Rubbish. I gave it a 2.5. 2.5, okay. See, most of the tracks I mean, tonight, one, I, one is reserved for real the real dregs. Yeah, yeah but he that's what he thinks it is. I think most of the time tonight, I've been one apart from all of you, so to be two away from you on that, Danny, shows that you're a little bit uncalibrated. I think, in retrospect, I think, two, <laughs> I think two would have been more commensurate with my actual feelings on it. Yeah. I've just, it's the nostalgia thing, I think, is playing in sometimes with some of these. Yeah. 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 Um, and how, you know, listen to it as a, as a young lad. Uh, okay, the next track is called Shut Em Down. no forgetting what that one's called um better known probably for the pete rock remix would you say um which is to oh, me yeah, one of the best yeah, one yeah. of the best hip-hop remixes ever but um we won't talk about that one too much so the original track one of the singles off the album um i love this one i think it's a great track great hook um hard beat goes right in yep. slamming beat it's almost yep. like a bit um can't trust it like you know it's kind of similar pattern and yep. similar feel to it um and yeah, I think Chuck D goes in hard on this one again, like he always does. Um, I just say that's what I've put in my notes: is the hard beat and a hard, and hard rap. And yeah, that, that's when I like. That's what I like about P. When they like this, that's what I love. So it's interesting that you have the same adjective to describe this track. Yeah, yeah, hard. I think is a good one. And um, 
Yeah, I just, I always like this one. And it's obviously the source of the famous one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine sample from 10 Crack Commandments. Which uh, didn't go down well when that was used. No? no he sued them over Did it, didn't he? he? Yeah, because yeah, wow. it's like, uh, well, yeah, because Crack and he's not really, I don't think he's really up for crack, like crack. No, he <laughs> stops <laughs> short of Crack. Oh, yeah. Um, Larry? Flavor Flav didn't stop short. Yeah, he, he loved a bit of Crack, it, didn't he? he? What do you like think about this one, Larry? I mean, I... I don't think you can separate this from the Pete Rock remix. And unfortunately, all this track serves on this album is to immediately stop listening to it and listen to the Pete Rock one instead, which in the modern age with Spotify and stuff, is so easy to do that it just derailed. I just like, why I, Why would I want to listen to this when the Pete Rock one oh, yeah, exists? Not- I don't think it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, almost doesn't matter whether it's a good track or not which actually i don't think it is i just think the pete rock remix is one like you say one of the best remixes ever one of the best tracks period ever in hip-hop and i just think i'll just go and listen to that instead so you say and that, then the I, album's just I, i'm not going to come back to the album after that so i I'd, I'd completely forgotten about the remix i don't even know how or why but you're absolutely right but i think like objectively which i'm trying to be tonight this is still a really great track i think you're you're definitely right in saying it's really hard and you know i i I get that but like you can't i can't just remove it from the context in which i know about it yep um anyone out there listening let's have a little listen to what the pete rock remix sounds like Sorry, Steve, you were saying. Well, you two will hate me for saying this, but you've swapped the Public Enemy production squad, which was, wasn't strictly, I don't think, Bomb Squad for this, this album, with one of the best producers ever. So imagine if Pete Rock had produced all of Chuck D's stuff. Well, I don't he would probably be my favourite ever. See, I, I don't think that would... I mean, it's hard to say this because it does work so well on this track. Yeah. But I don't... You know, I think Chuck D like, and the Bomb Squad are the, a perfect combination. Yeah. And this, is a, like, this remix is an anomaly, but it's, it, but it's so good that I just... You know, you can't not want to listen to it when you hear the other version. It's just the other version just becomes redundant. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to live up to. Um, so, score wise, what are you doing? Two. Two. Steve? Four. Four. I've got to split the difference. I'm three with it. Even though I do like it a lot, and I liked it, it, it was obviously affected by the Pete Rock remix, and it wasn't ever one that I like loved, but I did, I did kind of admire it. Um, it's quite a leaden production. It is quite leaden, yeah, but I think that's that suited the subject matter and, the, and Chuck's flow and I don't know I just always liked it um, it's quite distinctive um, alright we'll, we'll agree to dis- disagree on that one um, so we're coming up to another um, Flavor Flav track uh, this one's called A Letter to the New York Post Oh, 
slave. Okay. Um, thoughts on this one, chaps? I mean, it's it's, it's another hubris, isn't it? Yeah. He's defending himself after hitting his missus. I hit think. His wife, yeah. yeah, hitting his wife. Like the, the, the thing is, the the broader theme of the song is completely valid. Yeah. Which is that you know the media aren't to be trusted. Number one. Yeah. And B, they report black crimes in a way that they don't report white crimes which is all completely true and valid and they could have made a really good song about that but Flav just inserts himself into it with his personal grudge admitting well yeah I I did hit I did hit my girlfriend but she's the mother of my children and and I took her around the world therefore that's it's fine makes it all right yeah Yeah. it's just um, bizarre it's weird and there's a nice little bit of homophobia thrown in there as well with James um, James Cagney it's like well and Chuck goes along with that. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is par for the course. For, well known as well for, that, for early ninety yeah. for nineties hip hop stuff. It but, is. But you thought somebody as kind of um, intelligent as Chuck might have as respected as him. Respected might have taken a diff- bit of a different stance on you it. Would, you would think that anybody with their head screwed on would think that homophobia and racism are just too cheeks of the same ass basically but to coin a phrase yeah um but that wasn't you know that's obviously not the case because there's plenty of homophobia in hip-hop of this era and it's I've only seen. been really recently that that's yeah. not been the case it doesn't so. make it a lot of it being around doesn't make it right obviously but no. yeah it's kind of like yeah it's just how it was back then and but on a more basic level the actual track itself is a load of rubbish isn't it i mean that's yep. pretty much yeah, yeah i mean the actual music it would probably excuse it a bit if the music was better and the, the track itself was better but did you give this a low score i did yeah i gave it a low score uh letter to the new york post i got a number for the new york post two out of five two i gave it a two but then today i rescored a lot of these tracks and gave it a, th- a more generous three okay just because i thought that the beat the beat is decent enough. Yeah, but it's quite an old school kind of yeah basic. Another one of those kind of basic old school beats. Yeah, just didn't do anything for me. But listening yeah, to no. it again now, sort of two is probably more. Yeah, all right. Appropriate. I mean, these scores are non-binding. You know, these. I'll not, stick. To, you know, I've put three here. These are just a guide, I'll as we know. It's you know, it's going to just inform our votes uh, later in the episode. Um, all right. Well, let's get on to the next one. Then this one's called "Get the F Out of Dodge." A whole song dedicated to being told to turn your music down by the police. Steve, I know you've been there, experienced it. Yeah, it's shocking times. What are your thoughts on this one? It's hard, isn't it? Because by this time of the album, I'm losing interest as usual. And I'm thinking, do I? how much do I really care about this track? And it doesn't lift me up or do anything for me. And so I really have any very strong views on this track either way. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. Just, I'm just I don't know. You're tired. One, I'm tired of this album by this point. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, I want to get a cuff cow dodge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Larry, do you echo that echo those sentiments? Yeah, it's just it's boring, plodding stuff, isn't it? Like it's two, two out of five. I'm glad me. you said that because I yeah. thought I might yeah. be on my own here. Well, I'd, I've got a slightly different take on it than you two. Like that beat was quite iconic back in the day. That it's got the of, sort of makings yeah. of a yeah. decent track. Hasn't they would it? use it on 
back in background of, of, of other think, things yeah, and yeah, like yeah, exactly. they did freestyle over yeah. it and stuff like that so it's quite an iconic beat if it was earlier on in the album would it be better uh, I don't know I don't know I, I do don't like it, it really and I love fits. that break uh, the break is a classic hip hop break but um, and he's got it's a bit of a different flow for Chuck as well he does that thing where it repeats at the end of each line almost like a, a dub record you know it's, like it's yeah. got a weird flow to it which I think was quite interesting and um, yeah so I'm not quite as hard on it as you two but I, you know it's not it wasn't ever one of my favourites um, and it features somebody called True Mathematics. I think he's the guy who does the policeman voice towards the end. Who is he? Um, and whatever happened to him? That's my big question. I, I always kind of... It sounds like a Wu-Tang name, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised, but I always just assumed that he was like a Wu-Tang. Yeah, he might but have actually, let, this is 91, wasn't it? So it couldn't be. He but, might have later later joined them, wasn't yeah, it? Maybe. Know, but yeah, maybe. All right, so yeah, I gave that a three because I, I do quite like that one. Two. Yeah, two. Yeah, two. All right. Um, now, we're going to come on to the final track on this album. And it is an actual track. It's not a bonus track. It's part of the album. You have to include it. And it is the version of Bring the Noise with Anthrax. And here's how this one sounds. Bring the noise. So no, that's just, enough for that one, Steve. So why did you love just, that one? Just just tell me why is what what is going on? Why? Why, why, why? No, no, no. Like straight off, rapping five, actual track one. It couldn't I don't think I've ever in the history of this podcast thought the rapping is five and the production is one. But why why I think why, it is, came why is on it? I think it came at a time and in an era where the fusion between metal and rap was quite popular. Like Body Count. So there was Body Count like was around at the time with Cop Killer on it. You had team. Public Enemy always had a bit of a thing for having a heavy metal track on there. Like um, she watches she watched Channel Zero. They would um, sample sophisticated those kind of groups, wouldn't they? Slayer and Slayer people, and all that. So they were, you know, Ice T did it quite a lot. You know, it was quite a popular thing to do. I can understand why the team up came about. The results, however, are not great. I don't. I was skip this one at the end um, and just ended it after I mean, did, I think, does anybody what listen to this the whole way through I mean I think today was the first time I listened to more than like a second of it I would, I would <laughs> yeah. ordinarily as soon as it comes on I just because you know it's not a bad track per se really for this kind of thing um, but it's just pointless like it's like a pointless rework of a yeah. absolute stone cold classic why, why, track why? yeah I mean, that's um, one of my favourite Public Enemy tracks of all time. I think time. it probably is my favourite. Yeah. murdered. Yeah, yeah it just, it's completely incongruent on there. Like, they, they could only put it right at the very end as a kind of, um, like, an afterthought, really. Um, and, yeah, like like you say, it was, it was at, at the time, like, various people had tried to kind of fuse rap and rock like, like, it took, like for years they tried doing that yeah. and it's only quite recently that they've managed to do it and you do it in a non-obvious way whereas this is just loud kind of I don't know what yeah. you'd call it sort of thrash or whatever just with rapping on top it just does that never worked yeah and then they I actually did listen to it and uh, they Anthrax actually do rap I think the second or third verse do they yeah, you probably I've, I've wiped it. I've wiped it from my memory. I just don't. Yeah. It's not worth listening to. No, no. All right. Well, on that rather downbeat note, that brings us to the end of the album. Um, what did you score it? I'll give it a one. 
And that's generous. So I, I had to give it a three because it got one and a five. So mm. sorry. I gave it a one yesterday. I rescored it as a two today. Um, just because it's actually not as like it's 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 a good effort. Yeah, it's a good effort. Like, and, and those those verses are legendary. I th- I think if they'd just done a, a new track with Ch- Chuck rapping original lyrics over it, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, it's mm. just but because misguided. it's bringing noise. You just think, well, wh- why ruin that track? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. They've, they've they've just spoiled it. Is that the right word? They've ruined it for everyone. All right, so that's um, that brings us to the end of uh, Apocalypse 91. Um, we're going to move on uh, in a second to talk about Terminator X's album. Um, so we'll be back in a moment. So moving on to the second album in our playoff, um, it's Terminator X and the Valley of the Jeep Beats from 1991. Um, so Larry, tell me a bit about how you first became aware of this album and, and sort of your your relationship with it. I mean, I think prior to this week, I'd heard this album once and that was at your house, like when, it, when you got it. I can remember listening to it in your bedroom um, and loving Buck Wylan. Yeah, such a good track, um, but it was one of those albums where I don't know for some reason I, I you like you never dubbed it for me. It was like one of your secret tapes, one yeah. of your secret albums that only you had access to. It felt like that at the time. It's this like this little secret project that yeah. not a lot of people had or knew about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've never been familiar with it really, but like up until now, other than the old kind of little. Yeah, journey into it. Yeah, what That's an interesting to? point, isn't it? How many people in the southwest do you think had that album at that time? It's a really you, good question. You, you must have been like literally I mean, it, a handful. It's, uh, it was well, it was known. It was a known quantity at the time, wasn't it? Because was he was yeah. he was a member of he was not, a member of Public Enemy. Yeah. He would have been really well known. His videos were playing on your MTV apps. They used to rinse Buck in all the time. Um, so if you back had to a if small it, audience, yes, but if you had satellite back then as well, which I was fortunate enough to, my dad had it. But if you were reading like but, you know, like hip hop, if you were into hip hop, yeah. you would have yeah, known you would have known about, about it. it. But I'm, I, I would have, I would be very confident to say that in in Exmouth, <laughs> but, you know, probably the only one, probably the only one, you know. So, but I only ever had it on a dubbed kind of cassette of somebody else initially. Um, so I never actually owned it or bought it. I just had it. Who was the originator else. of it? Do you I, I, I really, I wish I could remember. Phil Clayton or somebody like that. like that or Sean Spratt, Sean but, Spratt. yeah but um, it was one of these characters and I, I had it I had it dubbed and it was the perfect cassette album because that first side with all the great, the great stuff on it fit on one side of a 45 and um, I would just absolutely rinse it over and over again and um, yeah so I loved it as a kid um, just just played it all the time um, again I will say that yeah album of two halves um, some some really high highs but some really low lows as we'll come to um, but I think there's a lot of crossover with Apocalypse 91 as I said earlier on it's like this there's a lot of similar sounds and they use like yep. some of the beats and stuff like that and you can hear them in the radio inserts and stuff like that so um, yeah it's kind of got the more of a feel of a, a compilation album though I know it's all yeah such a weird array of 
random rappers that yeah. I've never heard of yeah. and I've never heard of since. Yeah, and it's nominally produced by Terminator X, but it's very pointedly says that it's yeah. overseen by the Bomb by Squad. The bomb squad right. And it's got a very Bomb Squad feel. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but I think like a more... I don't know if this is the right adjective, like fun feel to it. Like it is a Jeeps Beats type thing with some lot of variety to the tracks. Yeah. And it doesn't have the same quality as Apocalypse 91, but I think it's more enjoyable. Yeah, it has a feel of a mixtape. Like, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, let's get into it then, shall we? Um, I'm going to play the first track, which is uh, the intro, uh, Vendetta, The Big Get Back. the intro sets out the stool quite nicely I think um, and using that Terminator X sample that they always uh, fall back on um, what do you reckon make, make of that as an intro opener yeah just I mean I think because it's like a Terminator X album they had to probably put some of that in there just to say this is still like really a public enemy album yeah yeah it's just a little short intro gets the album off to a, a very basic start yeah I didn't even bother rating this one I just kind of um just seem like such a nothing kind yeah, of little track to me yeah. that I didn't yeah. bother. But if I had to assign a score to it, it'd be like very low. Yeah, yeah. One or two it's sort it, of thing. Assign an arbitrary number to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't score it either. But um, but yeah, I, it would yeah, it'd be quite low. No, no rapping on it or anything. But it's a nice little intro to it. You know, it, these sounds are sounds that I associate with my childhood. So this is obviously the first track that comes in. It's just like yeah. I know exactly where I am with it. Um, so I, I like it. But yeah, it's not the most dynamic. I think I probably would have been quite impressed with it back in yeah, the day, but yeah. as a kind of overall project, as part of you know yeah. the intro to what you know yeah. is coming le- later, yeah, I think it's just a nice little intro, and it's got flavour, flavour right from the start, which I'm sure delighted you, Steve. But um, yep, little small doses. But then we go from that track into this one, which is called Buck Wylin. Sister Soldier there declaring that we are at war. Um, great opener to the album, I think. I love that track. Yep. Larry, you, you agree with that one? Good track? Yes, yeah, brilliant. Um, like the beat. The actual drum kind of um, loop is re- is really um, really great. Um, the you got that again. You have got that descending tar riff that you can't go wrong with. It's really similar to the one on yeah. Lost at Birth. Yeah. Um, but I know that I'm. I know that I go on about this kind of stuff, and that people probably haven't missed it. But it's too fu- it's too quiet in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It should be like it should be almost on a par with the beat. Um, and it loses something. It loses a lot of energy and power. Because you can of barely it. hear it in the, yeah. in the tra- you know it's there. It's like a, like a buzzing sound, and it's you can hear it. You know it's there, but there's virtually no bass in this. You track sort of at have all. to listen to it on the headphones to get yeah. any kind of measure of what's kind of really there. Yeah, yeah. And there's like no bass in the track at yeah. all. Yeah, like, like it's it's that de- you can tell that it's like a B tier project because the whole thing is mixed mm. quite badly. When the Public Enemy albums aren't. Yeah, much better quality. 
Yeah, do you like this one, Steve? Yeah, I love this track. It's brilliant. I think it's because it's got like Chuck D on it as well. Straight off the bat, you like it adds a bit of like credibility to the whole album. Gets gets the whole album off to a good start. It could have been on any Public Enemy album, couldn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, really strong. It really so that comes good. in hard, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just one of those really exciting Public yeah. Enemy tracks. And Chuck D is really impactful on it. Like he's really, you know, he's like setting out the stall. It's quintessential um, Chuck G. Chuck yeah. D. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's Chuck D featuring Sister Soldier. Uh, is it time mm. for the Sister Soldier uh, conversation? She um, she kind of makes the track. She kind of you know she's, she's got the first really voice you hear. she's got a really good voice. Yeah, hasn't she? yeah. Sister Soldier, we are at war. It says at the beginning. Yeah. I think it's a really good way to come into the track. It kicks straight in. Um, and she did actually have her own solo album after this, like a year later. Right. Ninety two. It was called Three Hundred and Sixty Degrees of Power. Is it? I good? never had. Never had it. But right. I can't imagine listening to can't a whole album whole, of it. Yeah. There's, I think there's a track on it that's got Ice Cube on it as well as got Chuck D on it. Never heard it. I might check it out, but it's... Um, so I thought she was yeah. like a female Flavor Flav. I didn't actually realise that she was a proper rapper. So well, I don't think she is. I, I've never heard her rapping. I don't know whether it's a whole album of her doing these kind of speeches. Well, isn't she like a, profe- literally like a professor or a lecturer or something? Yeah. I yeah. think that's her background, isn't it? It's like she's an educator of some yeah. sort. So they're almost like spoken word kind of records, I think, um, yeah. with a few rappers thrown in yeah um but again as i say, i never checked it out i only found out about the album or, re- or re- remembered the album in do, you know preparing for this podcast so um i, I might can, check I it can out. kind of remember the the whole thing about like professor griff yeah, leaving just and that. her being sort of rep- like replacing him yeah and he and he had a similar solo album that came out not long you know in the midst of all these albums coming yeah, out yeah Por- really Porn's weird... in the Game wasn't it yeah Porn's in the Game it's on a, the album was called Chaos something it had a really strange title but right. you know he didn't really rap did he so it makes you wonder how they stretched out the uh, concept to... well apparently I didn't I didn't know this until sort of reading around the subject but apparently his main contribution to Public Enemy was like his collection of of like political speeches right. on yeah. vinyl or tape or whatever that Public Enemy would that's where they got their kind of Malcolm X and uh, you know Marcus Garvey and all those kind of speeches from oh uh, okay never realised so that. once they once he left he like yeah. took, took those with him and they had to draft in yeah. they drafted like Sister Soldier to give like a modern yeah. version of that because Professor Griff was in charge of the S1Ws as well wasn't he exactly, do you think yeah. Sister Soldier took over the um, logistics of the S1Ws? Day-to-day administration. administration. I think so, yeah. Yeah, sort of booking their diary, um, transport, catering. So she took all that over. Yeah, choreography. Choreography. Um, yeah, so... Making sure their little uniforms were yeah. clean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, I think we've talked long enough about that one. So I gave it up on a four. Yeah, four. One of my favourites. Yeah, four again. Oh, four's all round. Wow, let's... All right, okay, so the next one um, is called Homie Don't Play That by Bonnie and Clyde. Steve, hey, we don't play that. Are you playing that one? So I've got two two opinions on this. I think the first is, is like, obviously, this doesn't really like fit with like the public enemy like um, persona or the, what you'd normally kind of get. But it's the sort of stuff that I like from like the early 90s. So this is this is a track that like, 
you know, does definitely resonate with me. Resonate with me. It just doesn't fit on here. So like, it made me think like, is this then like an album where Terminator X was like just going up to like Chuck D saying, I've got, got this really great track, this really great idea. Can I put this on a Public Enemy album? And he's like, no, wait till you've got your own album. Because I don't know, it just doesn't seem to fit like the normal, the, the normal like, I don't know, the vision of what it Public Enemy yeah, is all about. It doesn't sound very Public Enemy. Um, it reminds me of something, but I can't put my finger on it. Like I was hoping, Danny, you could It's, it's a really braggadocious me. rap, isn't it? It's, it's like... Like that, that, like the guitar sample in it, surely that's been... Either the, either it's been used before, or it just reminds me of a other track that I can't quite put my finger on. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what, which one you mean, but I... It's, it's it's very of, you know, of that kind of era where they use that sort of sample as yeah. guitar samples. But yeah. no, I mean, the, the beat has been used a million times. That snare drum has been used quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but like you, Steve, this is exactly, this is this is my favourite track on the album. It, it's the one of my yeah, favourite tracks, yeah. I, it's the one I, I feel guilty I, for liking it because yeah. it doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's totally, totally not a public enemy sound. Um, but it's just of that era, very early 90s. And I just, this was always the one that I would put on a compilation or something. I just, I loved it. And it's I think, funky, um, and it's, and it's, it's funky, yeah. Bonnie and Clyde, I think, yeah. are the rappers. Bonnie and Clyde, exactly. And they're not the best rappers in the world, but, you know, they're, they're decent. They get the job done. Yeah. See, I think... Passable. And this is probably a bit of a theme with, with the album generally. Certainly these first two tracks, like Buck Wylan would have just been better on a Public Enemy album. Yeah. And I could hear Ice Cube rapping on this. On, yeah. like, on America's yeah. Most Wanted. Yeah, that's true. And in fact, I think that's what it reminds me of is a track on America's Most, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It sounds like the kind of thing that would be on there. Yeah. Like, and that's a rapper that would do this beat like proper justice, I think. I do I do think, yeah, the beat is not wasted on them, but it's could be, yeah, could be done better service by a different rapper. Yeah. yeah. But that's not to discredit Bonnie and Clyde. They give it uh, a, they give fine. it a lot and they're quite fun. There's good interplay. Yep. They kind of give it that old school hip hop kind yep. of kid and play kind of feel. Yep. And, you know, and it's nice to have, you know, a bit of female representation on, yep. on, on, a, on an album that otherwise, you know, quite male dominated. Yep. Um, he's ahead of his time, Terminator X, you know, so women are trendy these days, aren't they? But back then, <laughs> yep. Yep. just before women were invented, you know, <laughs> and he was, you know, giving giving a bit of space to to the ladies which is which is incredible so if he knew that led to like foxy brown and uh, little kim do you think he would have, he might have yeah nipped it in the bud um okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so yeah I, I i love this track love it love it love it uh, i gave it four out of five yeah me too four out of five 3.5 for me just because the the rapping doesn't quite yeah. live up to the to the beat i think that's why i adopt it it's not a five out of five. I think you, you couldn't. It's not a classic. No, not a classic. Um, which brings us on to the next track, which is uh, Juvenile Delinquents by Juvenile Delinquents. <laughs> Do a bit of editing on these. Um, so again, this is another one of my favourites. Um, I love this one. Um, really? Yeah, I love. It. You you cannot if you've got the impeach the president beat under it, it cannot go wrong yeah, um, in terms of the music. Um, but I just love the little sample. I like. I don't know. I just there's a kind of naivety about it about their rapping and what they're talking about, um, and it just has that the the feel of it just fits with the run of tracks that you know on this side of the album. And it was just always one I loved whenever it came on. Um, 
but I'm sure you have differing opinion. I have definitely opposite opinions. Yeah. yeah, I think you get a drop in the quality of the rapping here. I think the track bounces along quite nicely, but the rapping, and I cannot condone any anti-school sentiment. No, absolutely, rap, yeah. So it, it falls off here for me. Yeah, Larry? Well, I mean, I, I remember hearing it like on my one run through this album at your house like you know 30 years ago and i remember just being impressed by the fact that it was kids rapping because yeah. that kind of thing used to really <laughs> yeah appeal to me because we used to rap and yeah, yeah. make our silly exactly. little raps and did the, the subject matter strike a chord with you as well, well i we did a song about school didn't we we did school day blues school, school day blues and i wonder did we write that after like was it basically this, that came first so we inspired this right yeah. okay because there's this there was also do you remember there's primary rhyming on the um <laughs> mc tunes album yeah yeah it was yeah. also by children so yeah. that kind of thing just used to impress me yeah yeah um and like listening back to it this week i kind of you know thought oh, yeah well they're no good are they but actually when you like the lyrical content is actually really mature and relevant um it's it's another one of those classic pe adjacent things where this kind of subject matter just wouldn't have presented itself to us otherwise no and it, you know it's not an anti-school sentiment it's an anti it's kind of it's a whitewashing of black history yeah in american yeah. schools that's what it's about yeah. and it's in it you know it's, it's deeper more, than what it sounds yeah it it's really deep, is. it's not just it's kids way, who don't like school yeah it's what it's really ahead of its time yeah like in the hands of like you could you know you could completely imagine like chuck d rapping about it but the fact that it's actually coming from kids just make just gives it that extra yeah kind of um relevance so it's, it's actually quite good i think yeah i like it um I mean, I, do I docked it a point for lines like the food is inferior to a canine diet when he's talking about what's served up in the canteen. I think yeah. it just, some of the, the lines are a bit naive and yeah. things like that. Um, but yeah, I just, I love this one. I just love this one. So yeah, I gave it a four. Um, Steve? Two and a half for me. Three for me. Three. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which takes us on to the next one, uh, which is called The Blues by Andreas13. Now it's the blues, so don't snooze, check out how I kick it. A death beat that's so wild and wicked. A mad brother that is God gifted. So tell me why am I another statistic? Being on my bills and still being evicted. Slum Lord brought a wake height and I ripped it. Broken lights and no hot water. You got nerve here. Okay, the blues. Does this one have you have you singing the blues, Steve? Or yeah, like I already like it. It's really a nice soulful uh, tune on there and um uh, the the rapping. I don't. Who who is Andreas Thirteen? I've, I've, again, another like well, anonymous rapper. Well, Am he, I, I'm missing something? yeah. It, like most of the people on this album, he's quite obscure, and they you know th yeah. this might have been their only credit. I looked him up um, on on Discogs, and he's got one twelve inch after this okay. that he released. Um, so not prolific at all. Um, so he may well have even I don't know if he's still with us, but um. this whole project, this whole project is a is a little bit like D and D project, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's it's like a really it's like an established act giving yeah. up and coming yeah. rappers a platform, yeah. Yeah. and all of them failing to capitalise, yeah. like yeah. on that opportunity, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is their like one one and done. They they do this, and then you don't hear of them again. Um, so. Yeah, a bit of a shame because he's all right. You know, he's, he's yeah, not bad. He's got a story to tell. Yeah, you can't fault it. Um, I think this is a grower as well. This is one, I, again, I've listened to this album so many times now to try to get to understand it. And it's, yeah. this is this has definitely been a grower to start off with. I was like, oh. yeah, I, I quite like it now. Yeah, for me, it kind of, it, it, it continues that really great A-side run. Yeah. 
just um, fits in nicely. Other samples, the horns, um, and the, the 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 female vocal that kind of drifts in and out on the chorus and stuff like that. She's not even credited on the on the thing, but that I quite like that how that inter interacts. Yeah, quite a soulful beat. Would you play this in a jeep though? Definitely. Yeah, I would play that in my jeep. Yeah, yeah. Larry, would you play it in your jeep? Um, no, I, I don't think I would. <laughs> to be honest, no, no, don't like it. It's um, yeah, it's just. It's a bit boring, rubbish hook, boring beat. Again, sorry to kind of go about this kind of thing. The vocals are too low. You can't really hear them very well. You know, if they can't be bothered to, mm. to do that to do that properly, why should I bother listening? Yeah, it's quite a muddily produced. The beat kind of kind yeah. of switches in and out quite a lot. It's it's not very well produced, but I just the vibe of it just really works for me. Um, so I gave it a three. Would you give it two for me? Two, three, three. Cool. Okay. Right. Let's move on to the next one, um, and we're gonna take the tempo up a little bit with a track called "Back to the Scene of the Bass" by the Interrogators. For those of you who didn't know, yo, I'm a bass head. I never gave a damn if people call me crazy. I used to chase a dream, but now I chase a pipe instead because I'm fat. I gave up on life because my life was like the press of me. Smoking a racket to seem the part of the best of me. Damn. And yo, I had to go and do it. The first time that I tried it, I got right, I'm going to guess, Larry, you like this one. Um, I would have guessed he liked it. I would have guessed he liked it. I think I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why before you start. It's Because it's very reminiscent of the sorts of tracks that you liked around this time. Those kind of, well, numbskulls. It reminds me of a numbskulls I track. I was going to say, yeah. it sounds, it's quite Brickcore. Right, Brickcore. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like something like the Demon Boys. Yeah, Bullet, Gunshot, that, something gunshot, like that. Gunshot, they would have come up with. So yeah. I know you were kind of a bit of a fan of that at the time. And I just thought this would be up your street, but go on. Tell me yeah, it's wrong. all right. I mean, I think it, it's very lively and it's quite interesting. Like the beat switches up quite a few times like throughout. Um, but as a result, it's it's all quite disjointed, I think. Um, and it's another so-so rapper on there. So very so-so. It's all, it's all right. Yeah, I think he's. that's the kind of... Um, theme running through this album is the rappers yeah. are pretty that's pr probably why they haven't had their own the material together, yeah already but, but, but you're right about the beat it's it's, mm. it's a certain type of vibe and I do yeah. like the main sort of beat of it yeah that's a, for me it's a really good example of that kind of era of hip hop that yeah. 90s beat with that bass line sounds coming in and out yeah. quite chaotic um, yeah and, and I think the MCs even though they're not brilliant they do kind of match the energy of the beat they, they yeah. kind of give it a nice compliment um, and yeah, and for me, this is kind of like the end of that side A run. This is like the last good track of See, that. See, for me, it's already tipped. Already gone, is it? Yeah, I was interested to know when you were going to say that yeah. you felt it tipped over, but yeah, the run's the run's over for me. Oh, okay. See, the, yeah, this is where it ends for me, and this was the end of side A, and this is where my tape would finish. Um, the side, anyway, and uh, I just think that was a really good run. But um, so I gave it a, a four because I, I, oh, yeah, oh. I know I love I love this one. I really love this one. Um, but then I've got a history with it. I think that that's the kind of thing that makes a difference. Yeah. 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 I yeah, gave definitely. it two. Two. Larry? It was a two for me. No, sorry, three. Three. Three, so not too bad. Um, okay, we're going on to another skit now, um, which is called Can't Take My Style. I don't think we need much of that one. Um, no, just can we just, can we skip that? Because that's just filler, isn't it? I'll take that style. No, it is a filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of put 
that this must have been considered low effort even back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was quite, yeah. He obviously found a little vocal sample. Yeah. Um, but it'd yeah. be no okay case. That's beyond like basic. A, if yeah. that was a theme with other fillers, but it isn't. It's just like, what is the point? Yeah, it's just to break it up, just to break what up. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, Sorry, just... I will. I will just. I, it's it's not good, but I will just say it's another one of those little things. That just I always remember about this album is that little skit in between those tracks. Um, what you remember the skit or the? I remember the skit. The, 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 just the quality the vocal. Like... No, no, I just remember it being part of the tapestry okay. of this album, and oh, it would yeah. always stick in my head. And I was, I don't like love it, but I did. Um, yeah, oh, it's, it's it's just an intrinsic part of this album for me. But if you haven't got the history of it with it, it won't mean much. Okay, so the next track is called "Wanna Be Dancing." CeeLo of the Casino Brothers uh, on that one. Where is he now? Um, any speculation? Um, Probably working in a casino. <laughs> <laughs> um, thoughts on this one? I mean, I, 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 this, as I said, this is where the, the album starts to, for me, starts to dip. So yeah, never loved to, this one. Start to stutter here, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, but it's a nice sort of fusion of... Uh, collage of samples and styles and the samples are nice but the, the rap is really jarring against it it just doesn't he's not a good rapper whoever he is yeah and it just jars against that those, some of those nice samples yeah so it, like it's quite painful to listen to oh dear you're right you want to have a lie down um it feels like the sort of thing that we've done an mc hammer album back in the day like <laughs> right, he's always yeah. banging on about dancing isn't he yeah. i think you might have even done a track called dancing machine or something like that um it just feels like quite hard work to listen to yeah. It takes a bit of effort. It's a bit, bit fatiguing. It takes a bit of effort. And it's not and worth that effort. Either, no, it's it? really not. You don't not. get anything from it. It's one of, yeah, again, like the beat, this, like the sample collage doesn't quite sort of mesh together well enough. It's a bit, not quite, no, discordant isn't quite the word, but. Is there a rapper that could sound good on a track like that? MC I'm Hammer. <laughs> a, a rapper, I said. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, maybe one of the other Casino brothers could have done it justice, uh, wherever they were. Um, Terry Casino. Was <laughs> <laughs> so it? Was his name CeeLo Casino? Yeah, it probably was. Um, okay, yeah. So an yeah, another one. We're starting to struggle now. This one's uh, well. I did give it a three. What? Because because you liked it back in the day. Sort of. Yeah. I, I no, I didn't. Lo I didn't love it back in the day, but I just. It was one of the better, knowing what was coming next and some of the other ones, I kind of like it a lot more than them. So maybe that skewed I my need thoughts. To, I need to hear a justification for three here. <laughs> I just, I, I, it just had a really nice 90s style to it. The beat was yeah. quite up-tempo. Yeah. I like the way some of the samples are used. I like that kind of wannabe, wannabe yeah. dance. Yeah, I love the way they've done that. There's a little piano sample I quite like. And I just love the way it was all put together. CeeLo from the Casino Brothers is not a good rapper by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But I just quite like the music. It kind of like ruins it. That's why I think, yeah. how can you... Yeah, yeah, I know. Maybe three was a bit generous, but um, maybe I was feeling generous at the time. All right. So that level of generosity probably won't carry on to the next one, which is a song called DJ is the Selector by a gentleman that goes by the name of Dubmaster. Just DJ. Oh my God. I don't smoke 
Okay. Who wants to go first on this one? It's everyone's favourite. <laughs> the reggae stroke ragger <laughs> tinged track on a rap album, early 90s rap album. Yeah. But it's not... It takes a bit of a different... It's more ragger than reggae, isn't it? It's kind of... Um, not that I know yeah. much about this type of music, but a lot of the, those bad reggae kind of influence tracks would be the classic... I'm not going to do the thing. No, but don't it, do that it. Kind of the guitar, the, the off, the guitar on the offbeat, classic reggae kind of sound. It would just be that with some rapping on it. Whereas this is more of a kind of, I know, it's a bit more sort of kind of thing that KRS One would exactly rap over or something say. like that. And he'd get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's another pointless endeavour. Yeah. It's like a, bit a of pointless a... night one with the, the 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 rock rap crossover. This you, is just. You, there, there are not many albums. In, back in this period that didn't have some kind of reggae track on it. Yeah, it was almost obligatory, wasn't it? It's yeah. almost like built into the contract. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you had people like Don Jaguar on Wicked and Animal yeah. Dancehall on NWA. Yeah. Um, but where Dubmaster ranks in all of those is probably Not anyone's sure. guess. But yeah, there was a very popular thing to do back then. I think this was, I think this was just... Terminator X wanted to show his versatility. He wanted yep. to show he could do yeah. things in different styles. He yeah. wasn't just this kind of DJ, hip-hop yep. guy. He wanted to bring some of his other, you know, genres in. Yeah. Um, and that and fits yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. It could have worked, yep. you know, but it didn't. Um, so this was a terrible, terrible track for me. Instant skip every time. Um, and it just not in keeping with the sort of tracks you got on the first half of the album again. So again, made it even more skippable. And probably one of the reasons why this album isn't talked about more, you know, as we get into this phase of the album, it's probably one of the reasons why yeah kind of fell into obscurity really but yeah but yeah so i gave it a one you gave a one wow yeah yeah no i always, ha- always hated this one yeah yeah rightly so yeah i gave it a two but you're right it's just everything is just failing to appeal at this point of the album yeah it's a two for me as yeah. well it's embarrassing um so continuing uh terminator x's excursion into different types <laughs> of music um we're going to play uh, a track now called Run That Go Power Thang by the Stacey B Experience. Let's see what that sounds like. Right, okay. So, complete left turn on that one but an interesting track uh larry what what, what are your thoughts yeah I, I didn't rate this one no i don't i, I probably should have shouldn't i it's probably, more, yeah it's, 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 it's not track. it's yeah it's a proper track but i don't know it's not awful but i mean i wouldn't listen to it i would absolutely skip it it's yeah. kind of you know you would it sounds like the background music from a kid and play film yeah yeah like we're in the they're in the they're in like a dancing competition or something yeah 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 it's completely like out of keeping with I like the turn it takes here. This is this is probably the only track on the album that I would uh, like to play in my own Jeep because I would just this would really? just make me feel happy. It's jazzy, it's upbeat. It it is what it is. I, I definitely agree with what you're what you're saying, but um it isn't it isn't the ragger and it isn't the rock crossover. And when yeah. you say your Jeep you mean your Skoda estate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hate this track. I, I never used to skip it. I'd let it play, but it just... It goes nice in the background, doesn't it? You yeah. just have it on. And... It's got enough energy to kind of keep you, you know, yeah. from, from from not pressing the skip button, but... It's not what we're here for, though, It's not it? what we're here for. That's a good, yeah, good point. It's not what we're here for. Um, so, um, 
I gave it a two. I, it does make me wonder though what happened to the Stacey B experience. Like what what do they go on to do next? Because this could have been a massive stepping stone for them. Yeah. Um, and they ju- we just didn't. It hear might be one them. of those things where you know, like you get like these mega stars like in America that yeah. you, that you just have never heard of here. Yeah. yeah. It could be like one of those. Like it could be massive. It could be like on the judges on the Voice or something. Exactly, in America, exactly like that kind yeah. of like a Paul Rabdul Stacey type B, of yeah. figure. Yeah. So you never know. But yeah, no, I gave it a two. Bit harsh, probably. I actually gave it three and a half because I, I, I couldn't not like it, even though it doesn't isn't what we're here for. But you know, like I said, I would I would play it in my Skoda. Yeah, I didn't rate it, but I, I let's say two for it. Absolute best. Cool. All right. So continuing the theme of uh, experimental tracks, um, Terminator X showing his versatility. We turn to R and B now with a little ditty called "No Further" by Section Eight. we doing with our lives right so that was no further um steve it's got a lovely thumping beat for your for your cheap yeah and it's soulful but to sound like a scratch record not what we're here for not what we're here for no, no. i can't really make any other comments i think as an r&b as r&b songs go from this era it was fairly decent like and i do i was into some of the stuff like that it reminds me of don't be afraid by aaron hall off the yeah. juice soundtrack so it measures up for that period. But yeah, from uh, from an R&B perspective, it's it's half decent. It's got a hip-hop beat, some nice chords. The vocals, the vocalists can clearly sing. They can hold a tune. But like you say, Steve, it's not why we're here. It just, it's a skip because it's, you know, if you listen to a hip-hop album, you don't want this to suddenly come on. No. no um, you want to get some hip-hop. Yeah. Are you with us on that one, Larry? Yeah, I think, I mean... As soon as you hear that kind of the acapella bit at the beginning, you know exactly what you're in for and you immediately think, this is one I'm going to be skipping. And that, you know, that that proves to be to be true. It's also got, um, like the beat kind of makes makes me feel a bit dizzy. Like it's, it's constructed in such a way where it's almost like two different beats playing in the left and the right ear. And it just is really disorientating to hear in that, like on a pair of headphones if you listen to it on speakers you don't quite get that but it just that's the way i was listening to it and it made me feel a bit sick listening to it really yeah it's very busy isn't it quite a lot of panning and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and again it's just another one of those where the musical elements are a bit quiet and i don't know i just yeah it's just the whole thing sounds a bit sort of low effort b-tier kind of fair really yeah so score wise again i gave it a two Yep, two for me. Because I'm coming. I've got. I'm, I'm scoring it with my hip hop hat on, and obviously it's not not hip hoppy. Yeah, it's a two for me as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to another one. This is the last skit on the album. It's called "The High Priest of Turbulence." Okay, it's a nice scratch in there. Um, didn't score this one because it's just a skit. I think we should play it anyway. I think it's a decent little skit, quite funky, like the, like the scratching. Sax lines are quite nice. Um, but yeah, I didn't score it. So It's very kind of of the time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you're, I didn't score it either, but it, it's it's kind of fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Decent little bit of, uh, of music, I think. Yeah, nice little interlude, which brings us uh, neatly onto the final track on the album, uh, which is called uh, Ain't Got Nothing, which is by The Chief Groovy Lou. You'll be at your own weight, get us a door now, I've been beefing, but now it's time to expose your car to the listeners. So they can be witnesses. 
That was Ain't Got Nothing, quite possibly the most 1991 hip-hop track you'll yes. ever hear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Very. Yeah. What's the guy's name again? He's called The Chief Groovy Lou. Yeah, I mean, he was never going to get anywhere with that name, was he? It's, that's just not no. a good, memorable name for a rapper. No, I'd forgotten it already. Groovy. Yeah. And do you think he was actually uh, a military in the military at some point? Like he actually earned his. his you know, I mean, a lot uh, of these. Oh rappers, yeah, I believe these, all these rappers. Yeah, some of these rappers were. Yeah. You got um, Ice T was in the military. Yeah, yeah. Turbo B. Yep. Um, but they didn't put it in their name, did they? No. Whereas Chief Groovy Lou has called Chief. himself Chief, and he probably wasn't. Is that in the a military army. rank though, Chief? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In America. It's, I, I actually, I actually <laughs> like, I like it. You like think, you're thinking of the tribe, the tribal system. That's right. You, yes, the, he's a native indigenous American. tribes. Yeah. So you like this one, Steve? I, I, I feel like I'm going to go on a limb here. This is, this is one of my favourite tracks over both albums. Eh? Because I think, what, yeah, I think like you said, it's like it is just, it does sound like 1991, which I, which I like. I think it's, I think he's a good rapper, and I'm, I was trying to like research why I haven't heard more of him. There's an album called Sons of Berserk. Berserk, yeah. Berserk, Berserk. Have you heard of yeah, that? Yeah, he's got a track on the Juice soundtrack. He's got a track on the Juice soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I've heard him in other places. That was another Bomb Squad project. Yeah, it was a Bomb Squad pro- project. project. Yeah, yeah. production. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and I think the, the track itself has got some, it's nice and jazzy and funky. And it's got some great samples. And I, I, I just enjoyed it. I think this is like more of my type of like, early 90s record that I enjoyed de- I thought it. this would be up your street yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you, Definitely you, you, two, you two probably hate it but I, for, for me Terminator X has, has, has hit the spot I don't hate it but I think I mean I, my note says like poor man's Eric B and Rakim track it just sounds <laughs> yeah, it sounds true, like yeah. something yeah. like that but yeah. not as good yeah, yeah very he, him, he's got a very 1991 rapping style I think yeah. so. the music's very 91 but he's very 91 in the how he constructs his bars and yeah. how he delivers yeah. them but I actually quite like it I think he kind of after all that rubbish we've just listened to it kind yeah. of gets back on track yeah. just right at the very end with yeah. a nice actual piece of hip hop which makes is, you which want is to keep right listening there. to the end yeah it's which, a nice which is good up tempo <laughs> beat got a head nodding quality to it and, yeah. some, and some cool and the gang horns yep. in there as well on the, on the hook um, I looked up Chief Groovy Lou as well on Discogs and he had an album out yeah, right. uh, he did have an album out yeah he, he was called Chief Groovy Lou and the Chosen Tribe in 1993 which obviously got lost in the um, in the noise of that year but yeah um, yeah, he did have an album, never heard it. Um, so yeah, don't mind this one. So there we go. Yeah, I, I gave it a four. Yeah, I gave it a four. I gave it a three. And I gave it a, where are we? Uh, 2.5. 2.5. So you didn't like it. Wanted to like yeah, it, but it was all like it. It was all, yeah, still yeah. right. Mate. Did you play it right to the end? Did you hear that little skit at the end with the print sample? There's a nice yeah. little, another little bonus skit right at the very end, which is quite nice, which I always quite liked to end the album. But um, clearly not. Well, I can't remember it. No, no. Um, I can play it for you if you like. Hold on, here we go. go. I have been listening to it all the way through. So it's it's a force that's made my playlists. Peter Piper drums. There's that Terminator X sample from um, what's that? It's alright. I think I would have probably liked it back in yeah, the day. Yeah. I was always, I was just, I was always impressed by any kind of scratchy yeah. type of yeah. stuff back. Then. It was so alien to what we actually had access to. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the album. Um, overall thoughts on the contest? Well, we top up our scores, and before we 
before we vote. Um, Steve. Well, yeah. So for me, like I, I just reiterate what we said, like the the Public Enemy album uh, definitely feels like it has a better quality all the way through it, and uh, the the quality and Terminal X is definitely really variable. Um, but for me, it's got like more, more tracks that I that resonate with me that I would go back and listen yeah. to. So uh, yeah. You know, I have True scored and it is really, really close between both albums. Larry, any final thoughts before we launch into the vote? For this one, um, I just there's nothing on it for me other than Buck Wylan. I just wouldn't bother listening to anything yeah. else on it, really. Cool. All right. So, what about you? Because well, this is this is this is like your album, really. This is this is this was your choice. Yeah. Well, I wanted to do this one because I lo- I loved it back in the day, but. I think I might have put in our WhatsApp chat that I was, there was there were moments I was listening to it going, I slightly regret doing it because yeah. it's not an f- out and out hip hop sort of album. And I've got quite rose tinted sort of uh, memories of it. But I do like it overall as a project. It's kind of got that nostalgia value for me, which is such a big part of music. Um, and I, I just think that, you know, both albums, are, are str- like they've got really high highs, but really low lows. They tail off, they're good, good side A's, bad side B's. And um, I think Terminator X benefits from having fewer tracks, um, which, you know, counts in its favour. Mm. Um, but yeah, but I think it'll I think it'll come out in a minute when we, we do our vote. So um, yeah, right, let's have a quick break and then we'll be back in a minute to uh, do the voting. Okay, so now that the dust has settled on our playoff battle, it's time to decide which one is the winner. So we're going to go to a vote. Who's going to win? Public Enemy, Apocalypse 91 or Terminator X in the Valley of the Jeep Beats? So, Steve, you're going to put your vote in first. Let's see what you're going for. Yeah, probably because... And, and, and show you working as well. Can I just yeah. ask, actually, Steve, you're not a big Public Enemy fan. Where does this album stand against <laughs> the others for you? It won't be one that I revisit, whereas I probably would listen to the first two occasionally. Okay. Um, but th- these albums were, were quite close then. So on the true scores, I think there was, there was like 0.3 between them. And when I look back to analyse why that was, it was one of the albums there, there are three tracks I really like, and the other album, there aren't any tracks that I really like. So just edging it, very controversially, I think, it's Terminator X. Oh, Terminator X. Okay. Interesting. Which I don't think is going to be what you two go for. I, I'm i I'm really surprised. I, before we did this, I really thought that perhaps you would think that PE was the stronger I, album overall. I've, I've gone with my true scores. So I think it's just because there's there's three and maybe four tracks on Terminator X that I would go back and listen to. Yeah, yeah. But really, there's nothing on Apocalypse 91 that I would yeah. want to go back and listen to again. I hear you. Right, so Larry, let's go with you next. What are you voting for? Um... I mean, it's closer than I thought it might have been, actually. Um, the do you want my true do you want my true scores? If you, for if it? you want to base it on I mean, that, I've got the um, the Terminator X album came out as a two point five, which is actually quite flattering to it. It's only because it's got two fours in it, which yeah. are the first two tracks, um, and then Public Enemy 
it was doing so well up until like the middle of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, the final score averaged out as 3.2. Yeah. Um, it's all like fours and a 4.5 up till um, halfway. Up till by the time <laughs> I get to Arizona. Yeah. And then after that, it's just, you know, threes at best and twos and 2.5s. I mean, I gave Bring the Noise two, but, it, you know, if I was being in a bit a bit more of a mean mood, I could have given it one. And just that, those kind of tracks just drag the whole thing, drag the average down to a point where there's not much between the two, really. Yeah. Whereas my instinct would be to give the album as a whole, like maybe a four. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, that's just based on it. Yeah. Being very front. When you analyse it, your memory of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When when you actually, but when you break it down... I think so many albums are like this, though, aren't they? Where they, it's kind of a strong first half, yeah, uh, or or even just tracks that um, they're inconsistent across the whole of the album, but they do a good enough job of yeah. programming it so that there are good tracks at the yeah. beginning, yeah. middle, yeah. and end. Yeah. Got this primary and recency bias where it, it just tricks you into thinking it's better than it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is like. Yeah. That's why we have true school. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to put you on the spot now. So we got one vote for Terminator X already. Oh, Where's I mean, your vote going? It's definitely Public Enemy. It's always, it was always going to be Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Back. Okay, Black. all right. Also a brilliant title. Yeah, yeah, it's quite convoluted. Very convoluted, in classic PE yeah. style though. But it works. You wouldn't have it any other way. Right, so it looks like I've got the deciding vote. Yeah. Um, I wonder what you're going for. You've, you've got to be on the right side of history for this one. <laughs> well, okay, let me talk you through it. Before, I, before we did this exercise, and then while I was assessing the albums, I thought, this is hands down going to be public enemy 3-0 win i just didn't i didn't see any way that terminator x was going to win well this is interesting but then the more i listened to them and the more i broke down the true scores yeah. it became clear to me that i think the fewer amount of tracks on terminator x and the amount of tracks that i realized I didn't actually like on the public enemy album yeah. made it a lot more even in my own head yeah. so just looking at my scores um, I've got so I've got an average of 2.93 for Public Enemy right okay and I've got a clean 3 out of 5 for Terminator X whoa in my scoring but that doesn't mean I'm just going to vote for Terminator oh, X oh come that's on that's just my guy so that's objective this is how you create tension in a podcast wow. exactly so I can go with my the empirical data which which suggests accurate X, and... which is accurate and proper and that's how most people would do it or I could go with my, perce- my perception. Please. See, I wonder because actually if this is the Qataris messing with the it, algorithm on this. It might be. They might have, yeah, they might have hacked it. I think you're going to ruin my night, aren't you? You're going to go against so, your true score. And, and also what you've got to bear in mind is that on the Terminator X, there is an absolutely excruciating run of songs. <laughs> yeah. From Dubmaster. But they used to be experienced all right. There is and an Apocalypse 91 as well. No further. It's, it's the same. But, but they're still hip hop. Yeah, yeah, that's they, true. They've yeah. still got Chuck that D on true. them. And they've still got Chuck that D on true. them. Yeah, so am true. I am I just am I just am I preferring Terminator X because of that side A over an album of all Chuck D? And that's that's the, the dilemma I'm faced with. Well you've got some you've got better quality on Terminator X. Yeah. But I think I find that hard <laughs> to swallow. I'm I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna go with my heart, and I know the one I had more fun ah. listening to. Like not just now, but also over the years, and that is 
Terminator X. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. I've just got a much more fond. It's more fun. I've got a fonder relationship with it than Apocalypse 91. But I loved Apocalypse 91 at the time. Can I? I think maybe you both need to recognise you, you're overrating Public Enemy and you've overrated Apocalypse 91. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not, under, I'm not sort of underrating this album. It's a, it's a phenomenal album. There's lots of great stuff on it. And I loved it at the time. But I just, I have more of, I have a better relationship with the Terminator X album, despite being a load of rubbish on side B. So I, it isn't a phenomenal album and your true score shows that. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but it's a cruel I'm just mistress. trying to bring some objectivity to yeah. your PE bias. Yeah, so I'm going to... Yeah, so that's it. That's our winner. So Terminator, Terminator X, X is the winner. Controversially. I came back for this. Yeah, this is, what you, <laughs> this is why you came back. Yeah. So yeah, um, Terminator X has shut it down. <laughs> shut things, down public the enemy. things I went through in, I know. in Qatar ah, for yeah, this. I know. That is unbelievable. Sorry, yeah. That prison, honestly. I know. So, that uh, might be the most controversial result I think we've ever had on this I, I podcast. Think it might, and I think we might actually get some correspondence on social media over this one. I'm, <laughs> People I'm up delighted. In arms. I'm most yeah. delighted. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I'm going heart overhead, I think, on this one. I'm going Do you think because we did it in the room, there's, you had more pressure from me to like make a better maybe, decision? Maybe. I don't know. And hide behind, I think, hide behind <laughs> the camera. You can't hide behind the screen. I think it's the underdog thing as well. It's like, I don't know, it's a more obscure, lesser known album. I just, it feels like it's my album. In yeah. a way, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I've got this attachment to it. Well, yeah, you you brought it to us. Yeah, and I always wanted to do it. So, um, so there we go. Our winners, uh, Terminator X, shuts it down. And uh, someone who is no stranger to uh, shutting people down is legendary England defender and diehard hip hop fan Des Walker, who joins us on the line now. Hello, Des. Uh, yeah. I'll... Uh, now, back in the day, your famous chant from the terraces was "You'll never beat Des Walker." Uh, but in terms of rappers, who do you think can't be beaten? They're all tough. They're all tough. Des. You there, Des? No. I'll tell you one thing that hasn't changed since you've been away, Larry, is our phone line. I can see him, but I can't hear him. (laughs) Our our Skype connection is just not working still. We still haven't got to the bottom of it. He's frozen now as well. Look at him. Hello, hello. What an unfortunate moment to freeze. Well, anyway. He's been beaten. He's been beaten. The uh, technology finally beat Des Walker. (laughs) Imagine if he had VAR. (laughs) That wouldn't be conclusive, would it? (laughs) Oh dear, well, another uh, interview bites the dust. Never mind, uh, maybe we'll get him on a future show. So uh, all that's left now is to ask you out there, the listeners, uh, what do you think of our winner? Um, was that a fair result? Was it absolute nonsense, as these two seem to think? Uh, or Larry seems to think anyway. Uh, whether you agree, disagree, or you just want to share your thoughts on uh, 90s hip-hop in general. And whether we'd like to hear more of Larry on the next yeah, podcast. Yeah, tell us. Please let us know if you want to hear more of Larry. Uh, you, would, then, you would be the first person to correspond with us. So <laughs> please do so. Yeah, so please do hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or even threads. We're on that as well now, believe it or not. Uh, we're on threads as well. Uh, so please, yeah, get in touch. But for now, thanks for listening uh, and join us again for the next episode with Larry. Uh, peace. Yeah.